Right, and we are live. All right, maybe we're live now. Okay, now I'm getting the notification. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, it came on my screen a couple seconds ago. Yeah, I was like, uh, are we live? And it like, took a second, and then it just came up. So here we are. Uh, welcome to the show, Kyle Mitrovic, Liberty and Health. How's it going, buddy? Absolutely fantastic, man. How are you? Uh, doing okay. Uh, it was like I was telling you in our little pre-show chit-chat, I was got a little sinus thing going on. Hopefully that'll be done with here pretty soon, because the one thing I hate out of everything else, it's sinus problems. Uh, uh, well, I will invite you to my automotive shop here in Greensburg. It's not mine. It's the dealership I work for. Um, we'll spray a bunch of like brake clean and stuff on cans that has like skull and crossbones. I think it's relatively harmless, but um, that's stuff I'm going to be able to help you clear out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, there was a... Uh some stuff that I used to uh, deal with and it was like, for whatever reason it had capsaicin in it and it's like for printing. But the moment you opened up that can of stuff, it was like, it hit you like a wall. It was like all of a sudden you like you're tiered and then your nose starts running. And the next thing you know, you're, you're pretty clear if you had anything. Ooh, yeah. man, uh, that sucks. I remember seeing, um, I worked with this one dude. I, I don't want to say his name, but he's like ancient now. This is about 10 years ago. Um, you know, brake clean is the stuff that dissolves anything. So, I mean, if this can, like, evolve, you know, disintegrate oil into the air, then right. you can only imagine what this stuff does for you over the long term. This dude <laughs> was 67 years old. I caught him back in the back corner of our shop. He's spraying a rag down with brake clean, and he had a lisp real bad. So he sprays this rag down with brake clean, puts it on his face, and just, he's <gasps> like, oh, my God, just fucking brake clean doesn't do shit. <laughs> I, <laughs> true story. One of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, no, man, spray paint. Spray paint. Hey, man, you know, whatever gets you off, we're, we're all libertarians here. I don't think it's the best for you, but no, <laughs> you're free. Sure, sure not. Yeah, it was like a high school shop class. We were uh, messing around with the spray paint out back, and we have like one of those little concrete bollards to keep people from running into the door. That yeah. like half of the concrete was missing inside the pipe, so the pipe was just hollow. So we were like spraying spray paint down in there and just huffing it, you know, it was <laughs> nearly passing out, you know, it was fun times. Fun times. Oh, yeah, man. You know, I think everybody gets a little curious about this stuff. You know, buddies, you, you get a whole bunch of Sharpie on a paper and, you know, yeah. give her one of them. <laughs> Dude, there was a uh, marker that actually got banned at our school that was called the Magnum 44 marker because this thing was huge. And the moment you took the cap off, you could smell it like three rooms away. <laughs> the teacher's trying to write on the chalkboard, missing the chalkboard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, people's like, I've got a headache. I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, me too. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure the odors from this are literally eating your brain away. Yeah, man. Just smell it a little bit more. The headache will go away eventually. <laughs> yeah, you won't care so much about the headache because you'll forget what your name is. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good stuff. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, the Pro uh, Road to Providence with David Brady. Uh, start the stream off talking about huffing workers. <laughs> well, you know what? He's still in high school, so I mean, he can still enjoy that. So. Uh, yeah, we're, we're giving you bad ideas. Yeah, and of, and of course, good old Forrest Mommy. Uh, nose drugs are the best. This is a great convo already. So, oh, nice, nice. Well, yeah. you know what? Uh, to disappoint everybody a little bit early, um, I have never smoked weed or done any kind of drugs in my entire life other than caffeine and alcohol. Um, you know, as you can see, I'm a big whiskey guy. Yeah. Um, I, I sorry, guys, I'm a little lame. I know you would uh, think it's the guitar playing, weightlifting mechanic, rock star <laughs> dude. I'd be all about that kind of stuff, but. No, man, I'm kind of lame. I go to bed oh, at like no. 8 o'clock and, you know, get up 4 and drink, uh, eat my steak and, you know, get rock and roll and walk the dogs. 
All right, so we confirmed it here on the show. Kyle is a square. It's okay. What are you going to do, man? <laughs> you know, someone's got to be in this movement, right? I mean, there, we got virgins, we got autists, and we got squares like me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's room for everybody. And then, like, the uh, the most trad degen that you'll ever meet in your life, and that's me. So. Ah, well, you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's uh, one of my favorite sayings I ever heard was, uh, there is an ass for every seat. And uh, as I get older and older, I begin to find very that true. more and more. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> It's very true. Yeah. Uh, as evidence that we already have Force Mommy and David Brady in the uh, in the chat down down below, and yeah. I, and I get a few hundred people to listen to this garbage, so it's okay. Nice. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> you know some of the solo podcasts I put out on weight loss, COVID mandates, protein, and stuff like that. I was uh, very surprised that people listen. I'm like, wow, people like care to listen to me blabber on. Like I'm just reading research papers and saying dumb stuff over here and there, and the occasional expletive. Actually, probably more than the occasional expletive, but uh, like people download this stuff and listen like wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's often uh, amazing to me sometimes I, I like to go over the stats and like today i was looking it's like three percent of my audience lives in israel i'm trying to figure that one out it's like <laughs> have you had of uh, all the countries out there <laughs> you've had uh jackman and uh have you had reed on I had Reed on. I haven't had Jackman on yet. I'm about to uh, start sending out those DMs, see if I can get them on. But, uh, yeah, we just oh, had okay. Reed on. And, uh, yeah, somebody had dropped uh, a thing about, uh, you know, he Reed's going to go harder on uh, Israel than, uh, <laughs> than uh, Hussein Obama did. You know, it was like his kind of crazy stuff. It was like, I was like, oh, my God. Nice, nice. Yeah, well, I'm assuming that those uh, – Israel listeners were probably pre-read Coverdale, and then after that, that number of listeners probably went to zero. <laughs> uh, they were taking all the things before read, and then once they yeah. saw the Coverdale on there, it was like, oh no. Yeah, that's that's that anti-Semite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing that I love getting out of everything. It was like, oh, you're anti-Semitic. I was like, no, 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 no. I am criticizing the government of Israel, not Jewish people by themselves. You know, there's a vast difference between the two. So. A very, very small amount of my friends are like leftists. So very rarely do I ever get called like racists or neo-Nazi or anything like that. I, you know, being a mechanic, I work with mostly like boomer cons. So oh, when yeah. I tell these guys stuff about like anti-war or, you know, drug laws and stuff like that, um, they typically think I'm like a liberal. Oh, you voted for Joe Biden. Like, come on, dude. Really? <laughs> really? This is what we're reduced to? Like, we agree on all like the tax stuff. And some, a lot less boomer cons than you think actually are like against vaccine mandates and shutdowns. Um, but like, we generally agree on that. I'm for like none of it. They're for like, you know, they'll pay lip service to it. But then as soon as it comes down to brass tacks, they're like, oh, well, you know, if I get sick, then this whole place <laughs> needs to shut down. It, you know? Yeah, it gets, it gets pretty crazy. I don't know why the, the boomer cons are like, the way that they are but they are and it's like i was raised by them so you know i'm gen x <laughs> yeah dude listen i've worked with them for eight to ten hours a day for the last 10 years i i had somebody on twitter once call me like a leftist or something like that like dude you have no idea how well i know this space my dad owns an automotive shop i live in southwestern rural pennsylvania right i go walking down the street there's trump signs everywhere there's farms five minutes from me <laughs> like I, <laughs> Believe me, I'm not like some dude posted up in a city in my little uh, studio apartment um, drinking a vanilla almond milk latte, although I do drink almond milk. Um, 
but yeah, that, that's 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 not me. Trust me. <laughs> I mean, I grew up going to field parties where we'd be throwing couches in the fire, running from the police, and you know, oh well, look, there's a cow over there, so we must be lost. You know, that that was my growing up. <laughs> <laughs> that's about as redneck as it gets. So it's it's okay. We'll we'll give you a pass, even though yeah, it's well. like north of the Mason Dixon line. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think uh, people have a misconception about Pittsburgh, but it's like, okay, you have Pittsburgh and then you go like 20 minutes north and then all of a sudden it's like the woods and, you know, middle of nowhere, there's farms, there's cows. And, you know, yeah, it's like streetlights. What are those? <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. There have been plenty of times we're walking down the middle of the street after we just went to Eaton Park or something like that. And, uh, you know, we had like milkshake glasses and there's no streetlights. Like, all right, well, we're on our way home. <laughs> Hopefully we won't get ran over by a truck on the way. Yeah. yeah well, if, if you see a truck coming then generally you get the F off the road, but um, you know, we've also played the uh, rope trick when we were kids, you know, you and your buddy go across the street and go like that. As soon as a car comes by, it's hilarious. Watch people slam on the brakes. <laughs> I was like, why are you slamming on the brakes? I mean, your car weighs more than both of us combined. You'll probably just pull us over, you know? Yeah, you know, as a guy who's watched vehicles, particularly um, 10,000-pound trucks, almost fall off a lift, um, oh. believe me, anything that comes, you know, that goes in the way of that will probably get destroyed. Yeah, you, you, you've never felt your ass pucker up so quick than watching a, uh, you know, brand-new GMC 2500 drop about three feet and watching that thing just... Yeah, it's, it's scary shit. <laughs> I can imagine. I was uh, changing the tire once, and the uh, the jack that came with the car, what's what, you know those little piece of shit scissor uh, jacks. Yeah, yeah, that thing uh, slipped, and you know a three thousand pound car like falls right next to your foot. Yeah, and you're like, uh, I almost lost several toes there. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I've had that happen to me when um, I perhaps had one too many drinks, and I'm outside a gas station. I forgot to pull the brake, and next thing you know, my car's rolling back, and I'm like, shit. <laughs> so, you know, a little bit buzz, roll back up, put the wheel back on, and head on home. Yeah, that's a one plus to living in Louisiana. There's no hills. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to, you know, turn our uh, tires into the curb and everything else and hit the brakes. Yeah, you know, to just get, like, kind of on the main road, I go up and down probably about three or four hills minimum. So you can imagine in the wintertime, like right now, when it's like, well, today was a beautiful day. It was like 60 degrees outside. So I'm like praying um, on a very, very cold day. There is oftentimes ice on the road and there's a stop sign right by my house. You go down the hill and just right through the stop sign. I don't even hit the brakes. I just right. Through. Yeah. Yeah. You just kind of look both ways and say, it's like, okay, I'm not going to hit anybody on my uh, nice little slide down the hill here. Well, you know, it's it's like, man, if we had like Ancapistan, could you imagine we could remove these stop signs, man, and tell people, you know, just, just don't don't come down my street. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. yeah, that was that was another fun one when you're talking about private roads and everything. I was like, well, then you'll have a guy with a shotgun out there. I was like, yeah, until people figure out there's a violent asshat on that road and they won't drive it down it anymore. Right. So <laughs> this is actually really funny. I had a guy on my show, and he's a friend of mine, um, Ben Sievers. Wait, He's you got friends? Yeah, I know. It's shocking. Okay. Um, All right. Just other than just like my dogs. I wouldn't even consider my fiance a friend. I I think she just like lives here and likes, you know, kind of the house and the <laughs> fact that we can house dogs. So uh, get the ben, free Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. 
That, um, that's the benefit that we're talking about with friends. Yeah, she, she's she's lived here for three years, and she still literally just today asked me the Wi-Fi password. I'm like, are you, are you fucking serious? It's like, why now? You know. <laughs> um. So Ben is a city councilman for the town over, um, North Apollo, and he's a libertarian. And I think he was talking about privatizing earlier. He literally said that he got the Marodes. You know what about Marodes? I I, I could not stop laughing. Susie told me, like, people seriously like gave you this one. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's kind of shocking when it happens out in the wild, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I work in uh, civil design, so my roads are literally my job, and uh, it's, <laughs> it's really, really, it's like I, it's like I can figure out how to build a road. I design them all day long, you know. Just the trick is uh, figuring out how to pay for it without sticking a gun in somebody's face. But uh, yeah. well, so kind of going back to uh, how ridiculous government can be. Um, here in Pennsylvania, we have emissions, right? And some mechanic have to take my emissions test every two years, right? Well, who the fuck knows why we have to update every two years? Technology changes, I get it, but okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, so in certain counties, you have to get an emission sticker, which is where they stick a little probe into your vehicle and then scan it for codes. It's just this, you know, assess if it's putting out any, you know, excessive emissions because check engine lights on so the vehicle's not running right, whatever. Yeah. Um, if the vehicle weighs 8,500 pounds and less, it has to, um, it's subject to that test. Um, if it's after the year 1996, because that's when um, vehicles started getting OBD2, right? Which is the um, computer systems that are in vehicles now. Um, yeah. If it's 8,501 pounds to 9,000 pounds, they have to get a tailpipe test, which nobody has those anymore. And then if it's over 9,000 pounds, it's exempt. I, okay. Why nine thousand pounds? I don't know, but that's it's just the way they do it. And then diesels, obviously. Don't yeah, it's always pop. kind of funny because whenever I. No, I was just gonna say when uh, we go down to get the inspection sticker down here, I have yet to see anybody actually do an emissions test. It's like they just got that sensor just kind of like dangling on the side of the car, and they they just you know fill it out. <laughs> Yeah, that's essentially what it is. Um, we just kind of plug it in and, you know, let it rip and click through everything, make sure it's good. Because the honest truth is, if um, if it has a check engine light, it's not going to pass. But they literally have a gas cap test in it. And th- this this should tell you how stupid the government is, especially here in Pennsylvania. Um, you will click through like three or four questions. And then the last question it has in the gas cap part will ask you, well, does this have a capitalist system or not? Why would you put that first? Because you yeah. have to say, can you see the cap? Yes. Is the cap accessible? Yes. Um, can you remove the cap? Yes. And then it'll ask you, does this vehicle have a capitalist system? Why, why should would be... you... Yeah, it should be the first question. Question number one, is this a capitalist system? Because I have a Dodge Charger. It's a capitalist system. You know, once you open up the door, it's the, 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 the gas thing is open. So. Yeah, dude, it's... It's absolutely ridiculous, and like I said, we have to renew our licenses every two years, and they just started making us renew our state inspection licenses, I think it's every five years. I just took mine, and some of the questions they ask you are so stupid. So I can issue a state inspection sticker on your vehicle if it's on my side of the street, but if I go across the street, then I could no longer issue that sticker. Um, If you're like (laughs) 60 feet up the road, I want to say, I can't issue that sticker. Um, I can't put the sticker on the bottom right side of the windshield. It has to be on the bottom left side of the windshield. Um, there's different, there's just so many arbitrary standards. Um, if 60% of your third brake light is lit up, 
then it passes state inspection. <laughs> but if it's less than that, then you fail, which uh, I kind of get. But at the same time, it's like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the society that we want, there would be no inspection sticker. It would just be, oh, oh, you wrecked into this person because your car's a piece of shit? Guess what? Punitive damages are now going to be more than your income for the year. So, <laughs> Yeah, and we have to import so many things because we've mandated and made it so hard for businesses to operate here in America that now the cost of vehicles have to go way up. And that's kind of what we've seen inflation mainly flow into over the last like 20 years yeah. is vehicle prices, because, you know, you used to be able to get a truck back in the day for 20 grand, let's say. Now, some of the trucks that I do that are brand new, they're upwards of some of them are like $80,000, a brand new Escalade, $110,000. Yeah. Dude, my freaking house. Dude, I'm, I'm going to tell you down here in Louisiana, and this is pretty much true all over the South, a truck is a status symbol. You know, we're not driving, you know, Bentleys or, you know, Cadillacs around or the Mercedes. Everyone's got trucks and it depends on how, you know, how many boxes of those options did they check at the dealership. I have, uh, when I was uh, selling cars for Chevrolet, we had a Southern Comfort uh, whole division that do all of those conversions and everything. So you're adding wood paneling all inside the truck, leather seats, everything, you know, dual exhaust, porting out the heads and everything else. It's a... it gets pretty crazy. So you're taking a, you know, normally like a $35,000 Chevy Silverado. Now you're making it $92,000. Yep. And I have rotated tires on those son of a bitches. And those wheels weigh about 80 pounds a pop. And yeah. I ain't no pushover. I'm not a weak dude. But man, <laughs> them fuckers are heavy. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's 80 pounds of weird, unbalanced weight that you're not really used to carrying. It doesn't have handles. Oh, you know? my God. <laughs> yeah, I... I couldn't stand it. That was like what I first started working on. I mean, I was doing oil change on those all day, every freaking day. It was, it sucked. Yeah. My introduction to the automotive industry was mostly shit like that. And then when I worked for my dad over the summer, I was doing tune-ups in like the E vans and the old Chevy vans where they had like the dog box over, over um, like to the right of you and the yeah. console, you would remove that. And imagine like these shag carpets on a 90 degree 90% humidity, humidity day in Pennsylvania, oh, yeah. going inside there with the vehicle outside, dude, I was dripping sweat, taking them things off, doing tune-ups. Yeah, that was <laughs> kind of where I earned my, uh, you know, blood, sweat, and tears and all this stuff. And back then I was literally making seven twenty-five an hour working on vehicles, doing shit like that. So uh, <laughs> people kind of bust my balls about, I- I'm not like rich or anything like that, but I, I want to say I probably make more money than most of the- my peers my age, especially the ones I went to school with. Um, yeah. People kind of bust my balls about that, and I'm like, dude, you have no clue <laughs> how you know where I came from, how they started. I worked at McDonald's for a year and a half, and I was changing oil for the same money, and I actually probably made less because I never got paid overtime doing any of that stuff, which yeah. sucked. But you know, made me very grateful for everything I have today. Yeah, everyone's got to start somewhere. And uh, it's like I remember like my first job uh, was, you know, stocking store shelves in the middle of the night for Winn-Dixie. You know, it sucked. You know, <laughs> you're in there. It's like you're lifting heavy boxes all, all night long. And then you have to come through there and front everything and have to have to get it just right because the uh, store manager was kind of a dick. You know, uh, you also had to mop the sweep and mop the floors and everything mm-hmm. else. It was it was just crazy. Was oh, crazy. yeah. Well, I got hammered about uh making sure all the work areas were clean, you know, you're not paid to do, you're paid to do what I tell you to do. And, you know, you show up on time, you do this. So uh, 
Um, I think that's kind of sorely lacking in the youth today. And I hate to sound, I sound like such a boomer con saying that I know how that sounds. Don't, don't worry about it. Yesterday I caught myself saying, Hey, you know, to my son, I was like, Hey, if you got time to lean, you've got time to clean. And he kind of looked at me and he was like, what? Right. I was like, never mind. As you were. Well, (laughs) um, forget it. (laughs) You know, I feel like a lot of libertarians and people, my age and younger would have benefited from the experience that I had. And maybe they wouldn't have, maybe that's just me projecting, but um, I don't know. I'm kind of grateful for having my ass handed to me all throughout my childhood, because then I can look back at it and I'll say, well, you know, I'm a disciplined person. I don't miss workouts. I don't miss work. I don't call off. I'm consistent. And I would like to believe I'm a good person, but I think that's mostly because the experience of getting my teeth kicked in metaphorically for years and years and years. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. Not really uh teeth kicked in is like kind of funny but uh oh here we go david brady has always got to show off that he's so young the youth shake my head hey well listen i have given him plenty of compliments over and over and over again i had him on my show and i told him man i really wish i was as smart and well-read as you at your age because like still he probably knows way more than me about certain topics like we talked about history and i'll be the first one to admit like i'm not that good with history or geography or anything like that like look dude i know about building muscle i know about music i know about fixing cars i know some stuff about politics um i'll comment where i can but you know i'll be the first one to admit like hey man i'm out of my depth here i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about (laughs) just is what it is yeah yeah it's and uh, actually, uh, just David Brady's existence should be everybody's little white pill because, you know, that's a young teenager who's starting to get it. Absolutely. And, and I think about my generation and the chuckleheads that we were. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, I, there's definitely something to be said for somebody that's as young as him and as well-read and dedicated as him. Um, I was too busy chasing women and um, drinking my face <laughs> off and you know, trying to play music and being an asshole in school, people wouldn't know it. But I mean, I was a terribly behaved child, in like middle school and high school. I just wanted to go to work. So um, I'm glad there's someone out there fighting a the good fight uh, 10 years younger than me, which is crazy to me. I'm like, man, this kid's 17. Yeah. Like, it feels like 17 to me was like, just like that. It felt like that long ago. But now, literally 10 years later, it's, it's crazy to me. But yeah, like you said, it's an absolute white pill. And uh, I'm blessed to be a part of the movement with him with you and um with everybody else that's um you know come on to my show and that i've been able to associate with it's it's really cool yeah yeah that's it's a great thing so when i look around you know there's way more people into this than there was like back in 2013 2014 and uh and on top of that they're good they they know their stuff you know, I used to have a problem with uh, people like joining the Libertarian Party or whatever because they, they just want to run for something because the local Republicans or Democrats didn't let them run, probably because they were nuts. But, uh, you know, they're just like, it's like, what are, you, what are you guys talking about this Hayek? What, Mises? What, what is that? And it was like, oh, that's uh, Austrian economics. Why do we care about the e- economy of Austria? I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I got active within my local LP briefly. And unfortunately, I kind of had to step down just because my schedule with getting married this year, the job, the podcast, my workout schedule, everything like that. I just could not give it the dedicated amount of time that I felt like it deserved. My brother kind of stepped up in my place. But, um, you know, they're doing great work here in Westmoreland County. Um, We have a very, very strong presence here. And it's really cool to see how many people 
got elected over the last year here in Pennsylvania. So um, yeah, I kinda... Pennsylvania is one of those few states that have a whole bunch of elected libertarians. Mm-hmm. Right. State, and, so. and I when I talk to paleo guys, um, I want to preface, preface this by saying if you think your best way to spread liberty is through the GOP and you have proof of that or you can do that absolutely go that way. I support you 100%. Whatever way you think is the best yeah. way to bring out liberty in your locale, do that. Kick ass at it. You have my full support. Um, I pissed off a lot of people here in Pennsylvania because I said, hey, Ian Smith is running over in New Jersey. I had him on my show. Dude voted for Ron Paul. He's a solid libertarian through and through and through. And Yeah, every, guys- everything that I have heard come out of that guy's mouth, I'm like, I, I wish I had like 9 million of these guys. Right, right. <laughs> and on top of that, Let's talk about a dude who's got national attention who refused to lock down, right? I mean, they did, but yeah. then when they opened back up, it was strategic. They were very science-based. That dude knows the, um, the science on COVID very, very well. Yeah, he knows but, it forwards and backwards. I mean, he can he's right. memorized a lot of it. So. Right, so that being said, if he wants to run as a Republican, he feels that's his best way to advance liberty. The only reason why the LP should run anybody against him is just to tell him, hey, you need to be better on these issues. But, oh, I mean, what issues does he have to be better on? This dude voted for Ron Paul. He yeah. told me on my show, <laughs> and we talked back and forth a little bit, you know, before and after. I voted for Ron Paul. That's the last libertarian I voted for. So, he's got national attention. I'm sure his community loves him because he's a beacon for freedom. Why shouldn't we just tell him, hey, dude, if you're GOP, kick ass yeah. brother yeah it's like in a state like new jersey i mean you need a guy like that he's you know well liked in the community and everything else the lp don't trip over yourselves to get in the way you know if you want to run somebody for like a a city council somewhere in the state of new jersey you know go for it you know but i would strongly suggest you do education more than that and then uh, you know i even have talks of uh, you you got to do community stuff if you're going to get any credibility with people and i was uh telling uh, Jeremiah Harding uh, on here about the uh, democratic socialists down here were changing people's brake lights. So it's one less police interaction that they have. And then I was like trying to bring it up to the libertarians. I was like, yeah, we should go help them. And I was like, but they're socialists. I was like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, now you're a socialist too by association. Yeah. By association. I was like, yeah, I, I don't care. They're actually doing something. Right. And, was, and, and that's kind of been, a big focus in my podcast is yeah, people may see me as a dude who's Jackie Tan and eats steak and deadlifts all this crazy weight, does all these pull-ups, but I'm not telling everybody they have to be me, right? The last podcast I just did that came out today, um, just do what you can, right? We can all perhaps eat a little bit more protein to help, you know, build muscle mass. We can all do a little bit more walking every day post meal to help regulate blood sugar and help with digestion. Um, we can all maybe go to the gym once or twice a week. I'm not telling you, you have to get up and go six days a week. Like me, I'm not telling you, you have to weigh out your food. Like I do. I'm not telling you, you have to get up at four 30 to make sure you can make your breakfast and then walk the dogs. Like I do. You don't have to be me. Do you? That's what yeah. I want people to do with libertarianism. That's what I want people to do with health. It's just do you, but just try to be a little bit better, right? Whatever is within reach, do that. And then once you do that, then just try and get a little bit better. It's like uh, one of the most famous fitness YouTubers now, uh, Greg Duchette, always says, um, harder than last time, right? Yeah. How hard? Harder than last time. Be yeah. a little bit better than you were the day before. And for everybody, that's going to be different. Yeah, exactly. And um, someone kind of mistook this tweet that I put out when I said, um, telling people taxation is theft is about as much of a solution as saying eating a caloric deficit is right people kind of got like mad about that 
And I understand. No, I get it. You, I, I even have a taxation and stuff sticker on the Dodge Charger of Financial Ruin out there right now. So, <laughs> right. But okay. So when you say eat a caloric deficit, yes, that's true. When you say taxation is theft, yes, that's true. Yeah, but there's what, mounds what we, of discussion that happens around that bumper. Exactly. Sticker, so yeah. what are we supposed to do? Um, how do you make? How do you convince somebody that taxation is theft? And how do we get rid of that taxation? And when you say a caloric deficit, well, what does that look like? Because most people does, don't understand what that looks like absent of absolutely starving themselves. You know, I see so many people doing these crazy fasts, and I was one of these people too, don't get me wrong. I did a uh, five and a half day fast. I ran a total of like 13 miles. I lifted every single day and um, I felt great, but you know, I probably lost a lot of lean mass. So, you know, to the average person, what does this caloric deficit look like to be sustainable over the long term yeah. so that they, they lose weight and keep it off? And then what does taxation is theft look like to the average person? And how do we get rid of their burden of taxation? That's what I'm interested in talking about. I'm not interested in talking about, um, you know, these abstract debates. Let's talk about solutions that people can apply in their everyday lives. Yes. And it's like knowing your audience, too. So, I mean, Scott Horton has always been up for you know attack the right from the right and the left from the left so uh, you know i've got lefty progressive friends too uh and i'm actually mad at one of them because they sold their ar-15 because joe biden got elected and i've been like getting on her all the time i was like you shouldn't have sold it you should have kept it <laughs> right right because when that pendulum swings happens it's going to be worse than donald mm -hmm. j trump but uh <clears throat> yeah so when i'm attacking the uh, the left from the left with the taxation and this thing it was like okay um it's like, okay, you don't like war, correct? And it's like, okay, yeah, well, your taxation is subsidizing that. You know, and it, all that comes from the corporations. And you can even get into, you know, where do the tax dollars actually come from? So the Department of Defense is 100% funded by corporate taxes. Corporations don't pay taxes. They pass that along to the customer as a uh, cost of doing business. So when I tell them that, they're like, oh, really? I was like, yeah. Yeah, so you're forced to subsidize a war that you don't like. You know, it's like, personally, I don't smoke cigarettes, but I know some people, like, get really religious about not being a smoker. And I was like, your tax dollars subsidize tobacco industry. <laughs> you know, you're being forced to pay for something you don't want to do. Therefore, it is theft, you know. Right. Um, one issue I kind of have with the paleo guys is that they don't want to necessarily attack the right from the right and I feel like they almost treat them like retarded children, right? We kind of treat women in society this way, too. And I'm probably going to piss off everybody saying this, but I, I really don't care. Oh, no, that's okay. Let your misogynist flag fly. <laughs> oh, dude, don't, don't tell me that. Listen, I, I will get you probably booted off YouTube. No, not really. I'm, I'm just kidding. But um, um, I'm not willing to tell people that Trump built the greatest economy in the world because the facts he, say he otherwise. Did. Yeah. Right. It was just a bigger bubble, and he benefited. If you literally look at all the trends over the last 10 years, um, they all just were all facing the same way, and you know what happened? Trump was an opportunist. He came in and said, hey, look, everything's great. But you know what? When he was a candidate, to his credit, this dude almost sounded like Ron Paul. He was, I don't want to say an isolationist, but he was anti-war. Yeah. Um, he said the stock market's a bubble. The unemployment numbers are fudged. They're lying to you. He was spot on about a lot of the stuff. But then yeah. what happened is 2013 Trump was way better than 2017 Trump. <laughs> and he was 2013 Trump looked a lot like 2016 Trump before he became president. And yeah. then he becomes president. Um, one of my favorite videos about this and is by one of my favorite people ever, Peter Schiff. He uh, put up that video on um, 
he like cut up a little piece of the Joe Rogan podcast and it was called Donald Trump's huge reversal. But this is like the best video to show people ever because in when he's running this candidate, oh, the unemployment number is probably like they're saying it's eight percent. Well, it's probably you know twenty, thirty. I've even heard as high as forty percent. Well, where he got that number is from the labor force participation rate. If you look at the labor force participation rate back yeah. in 2016, it was about, I want to say 65%. Right now we're hovering at about 61.9 to like 62.2%, if I'm yeah. remembering correctly. Which um, all of those numbers used to be counted in the unemployment rate, and they're, they're just not anymore. So right, because they lied they to you about everything. Yeah. Right, exactly, exactly. And he was right about this, but then as soon as he became president, he flipped the script. Yeah, yeah. No, he then... took credit for the bubble. Yeah, then those numbers don't count. No. <laughs> yep. Yep. As soon as he became president. And I'm not willing to lie to people about this. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you that in governance, really, there wasn't that much of a difference between Trump and Obama. I mean, in rhetoric, there absolutely was. But when oh, yeah. it came to governance, not really. Yeah, just like there wasn't really much of a difference between Obama and uh, George W. Bush. Yep. Because all the same stuff got completed. So. Yep. No, I, I, you know, I give Trump credit for his discrediting of the media, and that's huge. I'm not downplaying that, but uh, these retarded Q people, oh, he's fighting the deep state. But look, he was <laughs> 40 a chess. Yeah, 40 <laughs> chess, bro. Everything's 40 chess in China. Let's go get China. Don't even get me started on that. These yeah, people yeah, are so yeah. freaking misguided on China. But, um, you know, it's like if you thought of our economy was a house of cards built off of nothing, then you have no idea what China's economy is exactly. actually like. Yeah, yeah. So actually, this Thursday, I'm pretty stoked to put out the episode. It'll probably be out on Friday with uh, Kyle Anzalone, Connor Freeman, and uh, Pat McFarland, all from uh, AniWar.com. We're going to do a uh, deep dive on the China narrative because. Yeah, Pat, new... Pat has been uh, really good on that. So oh, he's phenomenal. I yeah. talk to him all the time about it, but um, like. They're these new MAGA guys are very anti-war, right? But I don't think they're very anti-war. I just think they shifted their focus. It's no longer about the Middle East because, you know, to Trump's credit, he kind of called that out for being a swamp and not being worth yeah. getting into. And he was absolutely right. He was right for the wrong reasons, but um, <laughs> he was right most of the time. But now they shifted their focus to China, 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 China. And it's like, dude, just shut the fuck up, please. You act like they're ripping us off. You know who actually benefits? We do. Because you know what all we have to do is just this little pretty keyboard that I have right in front of me. You have somebody, um, not Ben Bernanke, uh, Jerome Powell sitting there at the Federal Reserve. He plays boop, 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 bop, whatever, plays keys a little bit, prints up a couple trillion dollars, hands it to us fat, lazy Americans, and then we go buy stuff from China. And then all of a sudden we have this giant, you know, a massive well, shit. The, the cronies get it first. Right. Well, so, so they don't get to suffer from the inflation effects that us mere peons get afterwards. So. Right, right. Well, us fat, lazy Americans with the fat, lazy business, or I should say the fat, lazy business owners, because people actually kick ass. Or they, they work their asses yes. off. But, um, <laughs> um, you don't want her to be around while I'm talking. Oh, my God, I'll corrupt her brain. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so we just send this money to China. We didn't have to do anything. Nobody's lives were improved by just printing money. But these the Chinese people have to work to produce the stuff that we consume. And then all these ships have to come over here. And then they drop their stuff off. And then you have a hard time getting all the ships out of here because there's so much stuff coming in. But there's nothing going out. Right. Yeah. Uh, and anything has been more 
uh, people have like started paying more attention to uh, supply chain issues and everything, and now you're actually getting people's like, well, how come there's so many more ships coming in than there are going out? It was like, because we don't make anything anymore. Right. Well, people put the cart before the horse, and Trump kind of did this too. You know, oh, we're getting screwed on these trade deals. Well, why don't we just like make the stuff here? Why don't we make it more profitable for business to do business here? Because yeah. if we do that, then we don't have to worry about a trade deficit. And then going against Trump, the trade deficit increased. Now, obviously, Biden broke that record. It's not very hard when you have such high inflation and um, when you've paid so people so much money to not work. And once again, we get all this stuff from China. It hit a record under Trump. And now under Biden, it keeps breaking record after record after record. And these aren't records that you want to break. Yeah, those <laughs> yeah, it's kinda like Louisiana being like forty ninth in uh like education, you know. It's like this not you don't want to be at the bottom of the list, you know. <laughs> yeah, dude, for real. And, and now we're kind of starting to see this creep over into food too, and this is what really upsets me. So I use Butcher Box, right? Well they had to raise their prices for a box for eleven dollars, which okay, right. whatever, I'll pay it because I like their meat. But um for people who live more hand to mouth, which is basically where the money that they make that day is what gets their food. Um, there's a lot of people in America who don't make a lot of money. And when you raise the price of meat, which I think is the most nutritious food on the face of the planet, um, people can't afford that as much. So what is it replaced with? It's not replaced with hyper palatable foods that aren't nutritious, that are lower in protein. And then, right. in, you know, in overall effect, people get fatter. Um, the, the food isn't as satiating, so you have to eat more of it. And it, it just leads to worse health, and then it's more burden on our healthcare system, which is actually more burden on the environment as well. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you know who uh, Vinny Tortorich is, but uh, I yeah yeah I don't yeah, know him so, that well, but I know who he is. Yeah, so he he came out with a documentary called Beyond Impossible. It's his third mm -hmm. uh, documentary, and he's going into the uh, Beyond and the Impossible Burgers and everything else, and he kind of shows he was like. You know, for the vegans out there who love animals and everything else and they don't want to see animals harmed, it is like they have no idea. If you go and harvest a soy field, rabbits, field mice, deer, foxes, everything gets caught up in that machine. And a lot of animals die for that. And even so much that some of it's ending up in your food. So surprise, you're eating meat anyways. And, sure. <laughs> and uh, just the monocropping and everything else that does way more damage than a cattle ranch does. So if you've got good pasture land, that's like some of the best soil that you can get. Absolutely. And, um, I've had Rob Wolf on my show now twice and he wrote a book called sacred cow where he dives into this and they actually had third party researchers to come up with some of the science surrounding meat. So the most, the best diet for the planet would be something that of someone who consumes grass-fed, grass-finished meat that's raised in a regenerative agriculture style, which is where they basically take the cows and they feed and they do their bodily functions, you know, piss and shit, yeah. and eat the grass on a certain, you know, paddock of land. And yeah. then when they're done, they get moved to a different paddock and they do the same thing. You could actually turn deserts into grasslands by doing this yeah. because it's so good for the planet. And what they actually found is that one Beyond Meat burger is actually just as bad as a grass-fed, grass-finished burger is good for the environment. So really, if you want to make the ethical argument of what's going to produce the most human flourishing, um, what's going to be best for the environment, and what's best for your body, because the amino acids in meat cannot be replicated in that of plants without significantly more yeah. um, food volume or branched chain amino acids inser inserted you know, artificially. Um, then and not to mention the problem with B12. Right, you know? right. You have to supplement B12. 
Yeah, it's like you couldn't have been a vegan back in the 1850s because there was no vitamins. <laughs> right. So one of my favorite people in the uh, kind of protein and diet world is Gabrielle Lyon. She's absolutely fantastic. I've been trying to get her on the show forever now, but uh, she's crazy busy. Um, yeah. She always brings this up that um, you would have to eat five cups of quinoa to get the same amount of amino acids and protein as you would from one three ounce chicken breast, right? A three ounce chicken breast is probably the size of my palm. Yeah, picture think of, five yeah, cups. Yeah, think of about a size of a deck of cards, maybe a little bit thicker than that. That's three exactly. ounces. Exactly. So. Right. So, and this is something that nobody really talks about when it comes to protein or foods, is that you would have to eat so much more plant material to get the same amount of protein amino acids as you would in steak, chicken, eggs, whey whatever now there's lots of vegan protein sources that are coming out now rice protein potato protein um pea isolate whatever those are good but you know you could just eat the animal foods that are raised regeneratively if you're really concerned about the environment because right. in order to get the benefits of protein you want to trigger what's called muscle protein synthesis which is um specifically triggered by the amino acid leucine um and you need about three grams of leucine in that protein to get that you know the triggering of muscle protein synthesis which yeah. is absent in most plant proteins so if you want to do a vegan diet you can but you're gonna to have to eat a lot more volume of food or you can supplement with branch chain amino acids after your meal to make sure that um you know you get that benefit um so david brady is rice good for you because i love white rice and the answer is no it's a grain <laughs> um personally if you tolerate them well um yeah, white rice everyone's... is definitely better than brown rice. Um, I personally True. like w white rice a lot. But once again, this all depends on where you're at, what your goals are, what your preferences are. Um, white rice is about one of the best and easily digestible carbs. So if you're looking to reintroduce carbohydrates, absolutely go with white rice because that one's going to be the most easily digestible. Um, brown rice is a little bit harder on the digestion. It has a little bit more anti-nutrients in it. So once again, if you're going to do carbohydrates, yeah. white rice is probably a little bit on the safer side. Uh, some of the less sweet fruits, same deal. Those are a little bit on the safer yeah. side as well. And even then, if you are going to do do like a little bit of uh, rice here and there, it's like you're not going to go crazy on it. Uh, down here in Louisiana, we have a thing called uh, etouffee. And it's rice with, uh, you know, shrimp and gravy on it. It's, you know, it's an entire plate filled with that stuff. So, well, yeah, not like not like that much. Like, try to think of like a handful, maybe. Right. So the one thing about most foods and most foods that people easily overconsume is you have to look at the calorie or the uh, macronutrient breakup, right? Everything yeah. that's super easy to overconsume is high in carbs and fats and low in protein. Milkshake, yeah. right? High in carbs and fat. Chocolate, high in carbs and fat. Um, cookies, high in carbs and fat. Macadamia nuts and cookies, high in carbs and fats. All yeah. these things, um, a hamburger, you know, with a bun and everything on it, high yeah. in carbs and fat and lower in protein. All these foods are so, they don't provide any satiation. So it's just so easy to overconsume them and eat a whole ton of it. And you'll get nothing out of it and you'll still be yeah. hungry. So you want to, whatever it comes yeah, and you don't to want to work against your hormones, ghrelin and leptin. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So whenever you eat something, your goal should be to make the protein about as high as possible. And I don't want to say make the other two as low as possible because you still, you know, fat's essential. You can go without carbohydrates, but um, depending on your goals, like for me, since I'm a little bit more athletically inclined, I do, you know, have a lot of carbohydrates in my diet now. Um, yeah. I did carnivore diet for two years and I had a lot of success on that. 
but for me personally, it was hard to get enough calories in for my daily activities. So like right now I'm at like 3,500 calories a day. Imagine eating 3,500 calories of fat and protein. I mean, that is a lot of freaking food. Well, the other thing with carnivore is at one point you just aren't hungry during the day. I've done it for, you know, months on end and it's like, I have to eat again, but I don't want to. (laughs) You know, so I heard Ben Greenfield say this on Joe Rogan and he said the carnivore diet is a lazy man's way to get to health. But you know what? It worked for me. I had suicidal thoughts. I had um, digestive issues. Um, I was achy. I had a lot of problems before I went on the carnivore diet. And when I went on the carnivore diet, all of them went away, right? Yeah. Now, it could just be a lot of the benefits are probably just from the weight loss. But the thing about it is that the carnivore diet is so easy to do. It's not easy to stick to, but it's easy to do because all you got to do is just eat meat. And yeah. you get your protein high and you you know you get healthy fats in so you're gonna be satiated right off the bat and you get your body into ketosis so you're not dealing with blood sugar spikes so you don't really get tired your energy is more stable and yeah. it will more than likely improve your digestion because you're removing fiber which can be an issue for some people so it is a lazy man's way to health but it definitely works yeah that was that was just the the one thing that i found it was like i i have to eat and i don't feel like i need to <laughs> and it's like right. you're, you're trying to overcome that that mental block of uh, it's like no the body thinks it's got everything it needs right now i was like yes but i'm going to run five miles in the morning and so i need <laughs> i need food right now right well my problem became i would be good for a week or two and then my fiance and i would go out for dinner and this is you know once again me displaying how awful i am <laughs> um, <laughs> We'd go to the Cheesecake Factory or something like that, and, dude, I would pound two cheesecakes. But what um, what I realized was that I just wasn't eating enough. And this is what happens to, I think, a lot of people is that when they diet, they don't eat enough. You could lose your hair. You could mess up your hormones. You could oh, yeah. rebound really, really bad. You have to be very, very measured about how you diet. So one piece of advice that I try to give to a lot of people is um, try to lose the weight as slowly as possible because not only will you reduce the likelihood that you'll rebound, but you also increase the amount of lean mass you retain, and then it's more likely that you'll keep that weight off versus if you just fly off all the weight. Yeah. So um, I've been very blessed to have lost the 70 pounds I lost and maintained it off for the yeah. last three years. So um, the stat is after the first year, 75% of people who go on diets fail after the second year it's 85 percent, and then after the third year it's 95 percent. so i made it three years i'm safe yeah. hopefully <laughs> yeah so like well, when i started listening to uh vinnie tortorich uh you know he does this whole no sugar no grain so that's pretty much what i stick with so yeah at first i was losing weight like hand over fist it was like it was just coming off of me and then i kind of realized it was like oh no this you know i can't be doing five to six pounds every month that's that's it's a little bit too fast <laughs> and right. it's like it's at some point that it, we were talking about pendulum swings and then the pendulum swing is going to happen so yeah so when you go from like 385 390 you know pushing almost 400 pounds and then you go down to like 250 <laughs> in a couple of uh, years yeah. time so yeah so it's like after the third year i was like okay i'm gonna go slow with this from now on so yeah like now mostly it's like meat and broccoli for the most part, or meat and spinach. Right. Well, you know, honestly, I think eliminating um, grains and sugar is a great way to start. Um, This can be controversial to some people, but sugar by itself is not bad. Just like the way a lot of people demonize saturated fat, saturated 
fat by itself isn't bad. The problem with the two is just that they provide no satiation, but they provide a lot of calories for not a lot of food. That's yeah. the problem. So once again, it's very easy to consume a lot of it and you get a lot of calories, you gain a lot of weight. And, you know, once again, it fucks up your hormones. Um, and so you, you don't know when you're satiated, you overeat. And then once again, you gain a ton of weight and then you're unhealthy. And then, you know, next thing you know, you have type two diabetes or whatever. So yeah. um, that's the problem with saturated fat and sugar. It's just, it's not that they're inherently bad. It's just the fact that they provide you no nutrients and no additional satiation. Yeah, that's, that's kind of one thing that's uh, left over from our uh, caveman ancestors. You know, it's like the berry bush would get picked clean, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, berries are like nature's little candies. And then uh, you can definitely overdo with, with strawberries and blueberries and stuff. Absolutely. Well, your brain is wired to eat, right? That's one of Rob Wolf's books. Um, I, I can't recommend his work enough. And he's just like such a great down to earth cool dude for a dude who's been on rogan now twice and he's gonna go on a third time probably here in like the next week or two um yeah. it's just like shooting the shit like you know between the two of us he's just another dude who like you know no big deal he just popularized the paleo diet essentially he put it on the map almost so you know yeah. no big deal um but yeah he wrote a book wired to eat and essentially that's the point is that when you get that taste of that sugar or something that's very palatable your brain thinks, holy shit, I may never get to eat again. Let's stalk up because I got to yeah. some fat because if a famine comes, we need some additional body weight. So Yeah, the winter yeah. is right around the corner. Yep, yep. <laughs> so your body doesn't want you to starve. So when you get down to that super lean weight, or if you're leaner than your body fat set point is, then it's going to start telling you, hey, Groan's going to punch you in the face. It's going to tell you, hey, eat eat pick yeah. up the fork put down some fucking food or else we're gonna die <laughs> but yeah. that's that's not the case because now you can go right to sheets and get a cheesecake and jalapeno poppers and down you know 62 of those and next thing you know you're in a food coma and then you can go there tomorrow and drink 62 <laughs> beers and do the same thing all over again yeah it, it, it would be one thing i'm like running around in the woods like trying to club my breakfast in the head for three days you know right <laughs> versus well, you know Oh, the way that we live today is like the grocery store is like 10 minutes, uh, you know, if I, if I right. walk, you know. So what they found, there was a study done on a tribe in Africa. I want to say it was the Hods. Uh, I may be mistaken, but um, a lot of the uh, nutrition guys talk about this. And you would think these people who run down, chasing and killing their food have these insanely high metabolisms. They don't. Because yeah. what actually happens is your body is so much smarter than you give it credit for. If you do stuff like that, this extraneous activity all day, every day, then eventually your body adapts. So that's why you want to be careful. You don't want to do way too much cardio, which I'm not against cardio, but yeah. don't do so much that eventually your body starts deciding, hey, we don't need this much muscle because it's very oxygen heavy. It's very calorically expensive. Let's get rid of this because we need to be efficient at burning calories. So we're going to burn less calories doing this activity. So um, when it comes to doing cardio, you want to keep your bouts to like 30 minutes or less. And if you're getting yeah. sore from your cardio, that's a very, very bad sign. You probably need to roll it back a little bit. Um, when it comes to walking, walking up and down hills, low impact cardio, couldn't do enough of it. That's great. Yeah, uh, like when I do cardio, when I run, it's like incredibly slow because I'm trying to keep in zone two. So zone two is that that area of the of the of your heart rate that's uh, I think like the rough estimates like 180 minus your age. So for like me, it's like you know trying to keep my heart rate in between like 140 to like 144 beats per minute. And right. for 
you know, I'm just trotting along. I'm not, you know, I can keep up a conversation, but I can do that for an hour if I had to. And then still feel fine afterwards, like my ankles aren't sore. I'm not, you know, huffing and puffing all over the place. And then uh, later on, if I go to try and time my mile, see how fast I've gotten, you're going to get faster, even though you haven't been training that way. So, Exactly. Yeah. So I remember um, the first year that I was on the carnivore diet, because I did it for two years, um, I got all the way down to 181 pounds, which is the leanest I've been in my entire adult life. And I've gotten leaner since then. Um, yeah. a couple months ago, but, uh, I was running 10 to 20 miles a week and I was running at anywhere from like a seven forty-five to like a nine minute mile. And I would do like six and a half miles in a morning. And I was, I was getting it. I'd go on um, lunch break and go run three or four miles and then come back, work the rest of the day. Um, I no longer do that. Probably yeah. comes from the time when I start trying to lose some weight, I'll probably get out running again because I don't know. There's something awesome about going on some of the trails here in Pennsylvania. They're absolutely beautiful, and uh, just kind of putting in some, you know, good old heavy metal and just kind of. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Thing. I absolutely love it. Um, the more obnoxious the death metal, the better. Oh my God, Revocation, <laughs> Whitechapel, um, dude, you name it, I, I love it. So, uh, I'm I on remember, a Marth, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember one of the worst decisions I ever made was two years ago in October. Um, I hadn't ran in about two months. I said, You know what? I'm going to do a half marathon just because I never did it before. So, surely enough, cold, rainy fucking day, I get up, I go to the Murraysville Trail, I run 12 and a half miles. I already kind of know where this is going. <laughs> oh, my God. I remember I finished. And there's like a gate at the end of this trail and I grabbed it. My legs are shaking so fucking bad. I could hardly stand. And like for the next month, my Achilles tendon, my right leg hurts so fucking bad anytime I walk. So uh, yeah. for anybody out there, if you haven't ran in a long time, doing a half marathon is probably not your best interest. It's just a uh, word of advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I try to uh, stick to like maybe a few miles at, at first right. and you better be walking, you know. Yeah. So start slow, go slower. But, yeah, uh, well, it, it kind of goes back to the point we were saying earlier is just kind of do what you can do. If all you can do is a 10-minute walk, do a 10-minute walk. Hell, even if all you can do is just walk to the end of your backyard, do that. Walk back. And then, yeah. you know, maybe one day you'll be able to walk a little bit further. And maybe one day you'll be able to run. And then maybe one day you'll be deadlifting, you know, 662 pounds or something like that. Who knows? Possibilities are endless. Yeah, you got to build um, it up. You gotta build yeah, it absolutely. Up. you got to start somewhere. Yeah, so – and I even just uh, wrote a little article about this, and it was like, it's like we we all didn't start off with all of this stuff, you know. And I was like uh, talking about guns and everything. I was recently uh, took a trip out to the range, and uh, one guy was marveling over my AR-15s because it's got like the the high speed red dot and the angled foregrip and everything on there. And he was like, "Oh man, that must have cost you a fortune." I was like, "It did over several years, you know, because like, when I bought this, this was like a bone stock AR-15. It was like if you looked at it, you would have laughed at it because of how basic it was. It's yeah. like I've added all of this stuff." Over over the years you know i was like you don't have to go out and buy the whole thing all at once you know you can stretch it out and the same thing goes for you know diet and exercise if uh you know if you know if you're starting off and uh you don't really have like a whole lot of weight to lose but you got like that little vanity bug you know in the back of your mind and you just want to lose like 10 to 15 pounds it's like okay yeah just cook for yourself don't go out to a restaurant that's going to be like a big thing right there Right. And I definitely think that's a very useful tip as well, because the problem with going out to restaurants is that once again, they can put these oils, these sugars on the foods and oh, yeah. it will look visually no different. So, you know, a teaspoon of oil could be like 
two or 300 calories. And once again, that food will look no different with that oil on top of it. So yeah. um, just cook it for yourself, going for 10 minute walks after meals to help with digestion and blood sugar regulation and increasing protein. Those three tips will get you like yeah. more than 50% of the way to where you want to be. And I, I, like I said, I think if people would just do those three things alone, you don't even have to pick up a weight. If you want to do that, great. I will do everything I can to encourage you, give you workout programs, anything yeah. I can do to help you out. I'll be here. Um, just those three things alone, I guarantee you will get you much further than you even realize. Yeah. And you don't even have to have like a, you know, high end, uh, gym equipment at the house. I mean, if you can settle, start doing like a push up. A, a, you know, every day, if you got to start that, uh, you know, start there or do like, a, you know, crunches here and there, you don't need like a whole bunch of like rogue fitness, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> squat racks and everything else in the garage. I mean, you can start it off very small. Uh, you know, there's at least one thing I've noticed over the last two years is like all of like the weights that you could ever possibly want. They're on eBay because people are trying to get rid of them, you know? Yep. So one thing that I bought over the last two years, it's a little bit pricey, but the uh, X3 bar, um, I'm not endorsing the claims made by them because some of them are absolutely ridiculous. You will right. not put on three times the muscle, three times as fast. But if you're looking for a home system that will give you, if you get the elite band, 600 pounds worth of weight, it's actually a pretty reasonable buy for all the weight that you get and the value. I use yeah. it. Um, the reason why I don't miss a day of working out is because I've made my gym at home. Right. I, and I've spent thousands of dollars on all the shit I got. But once again, I'm, I'm very dedicated that way. I'm not saying everybody has to be this way, but you know, you could buy band sets off Amazon for like 20, 30 bucks, right? You could yeah. buy a body boss for like 250. The X3 bar is they have sales all the time. It's like 550 bucks, which is a little pricey, but um, for what you get, I think it's a great value. Um, there's plenty of stuff that you can get offline. Um, they have kettlebell sets even at like Aldi's for, um, for like 40 bucks, right? You get a five, 10, 15 pound weight. Um, yeah. I said when I had Ian Smith on my show, I said, I think if everybody in the United States had pushed, pulled, pressed a kettlebell until they threw up, I think everybody would be in a lot better place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I recently got one uh, for Christmas. It's like this uh, Bowflex adjustable one where you just dial up what, what kind of weight you want. Oh, think, yeah. Yeah, I think it was like 190 bucks. It was like on sale. And I was like, it goes from like 8 to 40 pounds. I mean, it's like everything that you need right there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. It's that kettlebells, I feel like are so underrated. Um, over in Russia, they're really popular. Uh, yeah. what, what the hell is his name? Pavel Satsuin or something like that. He really popularized it. But uh, kettlebell training, you have no idea what you can do with kettlebell. And you know, I think even a lot of people don't even know how much you could do calisthenics wise. Um, you know, pistol squat for me is a dude who can squat over 350 pounds. That's pretty tough. Yeah. Um, different lunges. You could do handstand pushups. Um, stuff like that. Time under tension is a big thing too. There's plenty of things that you can do right now that will increase, you know, the amount of muscle mass you have and get a little bit more calorie burn and get a little bit more activity in your day. Yeah. Yeah. And then we don't have to start off crazy. It's like I was yeah. saying before, you know, start off slow, go slower. You know, eventually yeah. you'll get up to the high speed, low drags though. So. Yeah. And some people just want to freaking diet themselves off a fucking cliff. Some people say, I got to go carnivore right now. I got to do three hours of cardio in the morning. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do all this stuff. But it's like, no, it it's like you're going to burn yourself out like too quickly. Right. right. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens. And I don't want people to do that. I want people to be successful. I want people to be successful in whatever endeavor in libertarianism they go after. And I want people to be successful in whatever health endeavor they go after. Yeah. Those are the two things that I think I can do. And that's the goal of my show. 
Yeah. And uh, anyone who's ever been in the gym, they all kind of know that uh, if you think you're going to get judged in the gym, uh, probably right, but it's all up here. No one's going to say anything to you. And in fact, if you're going to the gym and you're you know, not doing it correctly or you're not doing enough, guess what? There is going to be a dude bro nearby who is going to like start slapping you on the back. Come on, get it, get it, get it, you know, and try to get you fired up for it. Uh, and so that's definitely one thing I've noticed, even with us meatheads, it's like, uh, it's, we'll encourage each other like forever, especially yeah. when we see that you're, you're actually starting to do the work. Right. And it, it pissed me off. And one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter now is, uh, Quincy, the, uh, oh, yeah. guy. Yeah. He yeah. is absolutely awesome. And he's putting up videos of him doing pushups and working out and stuff oh, like yeah, that. He's getting after it. We're all just down in the comments. You got it, bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> dude, like, I don't care that he's not doing it perfectly. I don't care. You know what I care? He's doing something to improve his health. That's more than half of these motherfuckers <laughs> talking shit can do. So, you know yeah. what? Go fuck yourself if you got a problem with it. Because that dude's getting the fuck after it and he's doing what he can. And whatever he can do to be a little bit better than he is today, he has my full wholehearted endorsement to keep kicking ass. And yeah. everybody should have that attitude about somebody who's willing to make, you know, who's willing to go that step. And especially being public about it, people have are absolutely mortified at the thought of people seeing them working out. But this dude's just doing it. And you know, I could not give more encouragement. It's, yeah. it's awesome to see. It makes me so happy. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a great thing. And I've been uh, keeping up with Quincy and everything else. I'm going to have to have him back on the show because uh, <laughs> last yeah, time well, we, got a, we got a little crazy. <laughs> nice. Well, I'll have to get him on. Uh, he's yeah, he's an awesome guy. And uh, it was funny. My band opened up for a Stephen Piercy of Rat on this past Wednesday. And uh, there was a traffic jam. And I was going to go to the gym. I still ended up going. But um. I was stuck in traffic for like an hour and I'm like, okay, at first I'm like, it'll probably pass. And then like it didn't for like a half hour. I got out and I literally put my phone down on my tire and I recorded me doing pushups and you couldn't really see where I was. And I got up and I did the whole, you know, full sweep. And <laughs> I was like, fuck this. And then, yeah, he, he quit to me and he's like, look, my man here getting after it in the middle of a traffic jam. That's dedication. But you know what? You don't have to. You know, it, it doesn't matter about the location. It's about the dedication. It's about what you can do, and I can't stress that enough. Oh, yeah. That's probably a good place to leave it off for this time. Uh, Kyle, go ahead and uh, shamelessly promote yourself and uh, get your grift on. <laughs> As if I didn't already. Um, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Check out my band, A Common Crown, acommoncrown.com. We're on all the major streaming platforms. Uh, we have a female singer. I know that's a, a shameless plug. I try not to say that too much, but she's an absolute fucking animal, and I think we put out good music. She so probably hopefully. wouldn't appreciate being called an absolute fucking animal, but, uh, you know, you get the idea. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's she's, she's just an absolute incredible singer. Um, in Liberty and Health, I put out episodes usually every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, if anybody's got any questions about health or libertarianism or my music, feel free to hit me up. I'm on Twitter at kmatovic, M-A-T-O-V-C-I-K. Um and I'm on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all the ma major yeah. audio platforms. You name it, you could probably find me there except for Instagram. Um, I've kind of put a, a stake in the ground and said I'm not going to get on Instagram. But uh, people keep <laughs> telling me to go. I just – I don't see it happening. So, yeah, anybody uh, has any questions about anything, feel free to hit me up. And uh, thanks yeah. for having me on, man. Oh, no problem. No, no problem. Anytime that uh, someone can low-key uh, flex some, uh, a red marshal behind them, you know. <laughs> Oh, no, I should have did one of those. There you yeah, go. yeah. But uh, you guys don't have to go pecking and hunting all over the internet for that. Uh, it's actually right down below in the show notes. I got his uh, link tree uh, set up right there. So it's all of his links in one spot. 
Nice. So hopefully he's kept kept them updated. <laughs> yeah, the only one I'm not active on anymore is Getter. Um, that's like nobody's e active over there. I was like, I got a notification on there today. I was like, someone followed me over there. Why? I haven't posted anything in months. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like went on there and I just kept saying fuck Israel and I tried to say <laughs> faggot and they would censor you for saying faggot. So it's like you couldn't I, even I, you couldn't even type it out. It would just stop you at some point. Yes, yeah, so I was. I bailed. Yeah, it was it was just kind of fun. Now I'm getting like porn bot requests over there, so it's like okay, yeah, it's just, this, this is done. Let's stick so, a fork uh, in it. Oh, so it's not just me that has hot local signals in my area. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not just you, not just you. <laughs> those those milfy cougars are all over the place. Yeah, one point seven four miles away from you. Yes, and then they are looking to hook up right now. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like sure, sure. Nice. <laughs> All right, Kyle, man. Well, thanks for uh, coming on, and uh, this, this was a blast. Uh, this is, of course, live, and uh, you'll be hearing about this uh, on the audio stream and Odyssey and everything tomorrow. So, right. see you guys. Cool.